It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a musical episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. Joining us today, my guitar. I'm not actually going to play it. The NHL trade deadline has officially passed, and the Panthers... Uh, came out pretty pretty big from it. Uh, our, our final haul is something to the degree of Claude Giroux et al., uh, Ben Sherratt, Robert Haig, uh, a sixth-round pick. Uh, what am I missing? The two random players that came with Giroux. Uh, that, yeah. That's the et al. that I added after yeah. Giroux because they don't matter. Yeah, then that's, that's it then. Okay. Three players, three NHL players, a couple of picks, some some no-names. Uh, that probably will never suit up for the Panthers. I think very notably uh, the Panthers are helping Carolina acquire Max Domi, uh, which is kind of interesting. That's, that's just kind of the big, I, I mean, obviously we want to talk about Giroud, Chirot, Chirot, the deadline as a whole. Uh, but I, I find it very interesting that we're helping Carolina uh, who is going to be a rival come round three or so. Yeah. But as Alex brought up earlier off of the recording, they were going to get Max Domi either way, and somebody was going to retain this salary. So you might as well be the one that gets the draft pick. You can leverage the extra cap space now that, uh, according to Frank Saravelli, the Panthers expect Ekblad to be on LTIR for the rest of the regular season. So you have that cap space that you can use to retain on Domi's hit for the remainder of the season, get that extra draft pick. And, it, you know, you might face Carolina in the playoffs. You might not. And if, if you do, it's going to happen in round three, you've already won two rounds. That's two more than you've won in the last 25 years. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, not to it, mention it's... like Carolina is still not better than us. They are not. And again, like someone was going to someone help Carolina. You might as well. It be you, you get a six round pick is a six round pick valuable. No, but you've literally traded all of your premium draft assets for the next three drafts. So you know, what you need, you, you, you need to find volume and just take a whole bunch of flyers and hope you can hit on one of these late rounds. We already picks. took the most important flyer. Put them ching. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so it's like, all right, get the six round pick, move on. It wasn't the best way to weaponize Ekblad's cap space, but considering what was supposed to be a buyer's market turned into a seller's market with just absurd prices being paid across the board. Like, you know, for example, Brett Kulak was the guy that all the analytics uh, people were saying as like, Hey, this is the sleeper, the sleeper acquisition of the deadline. You can get him for a fourth or fifth round pick. And he just went for a conditional second that I think can upgrade to a first. So the, the, the prices, this deadline were insane. The Panthers kicked it off with the Sherratt overpay. Uh, I don't think we need to relitigate that, but like everyone has said it was an overpayment. Even the hockey men are saying the Panthers overpaid. So the Panthers kicked it off by overpaying. And then the rest of the deadline was everyone overpaying, except for one convenient trade, the Claude Giroux trade. Which was like on market. I wouldn't say that we underpaid for Giroux. Yeah, I mean, we Unless gave up- you would. I mean, we still gave up a first round pick and a reasonably highly, co- well, maybe not reasonably highly coveted prospect. No, I would like, say that. Yeah. I mean, even, well, even Philadelphia was trying to not get Owen Tippett. We don't know that. And it was reported that they were trying to go for Denisenko. And Zito was like, we want you to take Tippett. I don't and think that was Chuck a blue check. I don't think like, that came from okay, a blue we'll check mark. Tippett. I think it did. I don't think so. The fact that Tippett's hair matches the orange of the Flyers jersey is what sealed it for Fletcher. Yeah, but you are right <laughs> to reference the fact that Claude Giroux did use his no-movement clause and all of its leverage to make sure that he got to Florida. He didn't want to go to the Rangers mm-hmm. or Boston because he didn't view them as legitimate contenders. He didn't want to go to Colorado because it was too far away from home. Florida was both close to home and a legitimate contender, and he made sure Fletcher knew about it. Now, there was a report that he would have been willing to go to any of those teams if Fletcher had just made him reassured that he was coming back in the offseason. Reportedly, Fletcher said no to that, but uh, his agent, Pat Brisson, did uh, poo-poo that to Greg Wyshynski, maybe in just like a more general statement. Uh, Of course he did. Yeah, that may or may not be true. The agent's not going to be like, actually, that's correct. We did want to kind of be an asshole about it. They can't say no comments. So anytime they do comment, it is, you know, worth mentioning. Uh, Well, that's what he says in a second. But go ahead. Yeah, but by no commenting, you're essentially confirming it. So by the denial is essentially a no comment, and of course he's not going to say that because it it gets rid of any leverage Giroux has in the offseason. I mean, yes, if he wants to go back to the Flyers, you know the Flyers are going to realize that and can lowball them if they want, but like, you just can't say, Oh yeah, I'm going to a new team, but I definitely want to go back home in the off season. Like you just can't do it. it Maybe the truth. And it's honestly what I expect and what I would think most people expect to happen. You know, that's, it's just not something that can be public right now. Yeah. So not really sure what all of this means for future seasons. What we do know is that the Panthers have traded three first round picks since the draft. So they're all in. If all in has ever meant anything, this is all what all in looks like. They only have one second round pick in the next three drafts, and I think only two third round picks. I will it, say, though, like looking back, if you were to tell me before, like on draft day, basically, hey, the Panthers are going to take Mackie Samuskevich today, uh, but then you won't have a first round pick for three years. But what you will have is Sam Reinhart and Claude Giroux. Even ignoring Ben Sherratt, if you said you won't have a first round pick for three years, but you will have Sam Reinhart and Claude Giroux, I would be very happy. The yeah, Sam Reinhart absolutely. we're seeing is worth two first round picks. Yeah. Well, I think you're with, with Devin Levy's 
uh, Levi season, you're seeing that he was worth the first round pick in terms of how he's developed and how he's goalies looked. are weird. You never know what he's going to look like in the NHL. You should you're know better than either of us, Alex. I'm not. You're not wrong. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying that pick. That pick is still going to be a win from the Panthers unless you know whoever they draft in the first round or let Levy becomes an All Star caliber player, which is unlikely. Mm-hmm. But that. That trade went from like, holy shit, the Panthers robbed the, the Sabres blind to, okay, the Sabres did all right considering Levy looks outstanding in college this year. And honestly, he should have been the starting goalie for Team Canada in the Olympics. The fact that he didn't start a single game is really ridiculous. Point, Ryan Bednard also looked fantastic in college hockey. And where is he now? Yeah, but he was playing in a lesser conference. TJ, don't ruin my point with your facts. I'm just shocked you're trying to you're poo-pooing a Jewish uh, prospect. What I'm trying to do is talk up Sam Reinhardt. Well, you don't well, need to poo-poo Levi because Reinhardt has been outstanding in every facet of the game. Power play, penalty kill, even strength. He's done great everywhere. Well, he doesn't make winning plays, though, TJ. He doesn't oh, make minimum plays. You know, I didn't He's also the highest-paid Panther. Yeah, I didn't consider either of those non-facts, so sorry about that. <laughs> Um, oh, that's the easiest tweet to dunk on. But trade deadline. We're not here to talk about how great Sam Reinhardt is. We're here to talk about the Panthers trade deadline. Speaking of former Sabres, on Sunday, Robert the Haig. Panthers <laughs> traded a sixth round pick for defenseman Robert Haig, who, you know, I never thought he was any good. So I guess that it's really just a depth move. But, you know, maybe they see something in him. It, you know, it certainly doesn't seem like they are using the same analytics that are available to the public to evaluate defensemen, because if they were, I'm sure they wouldn't have given up a first round pick for Ben Sherratt and Robert Haig probably wouldn't have been a trade target for them, but they probably have their own internal metrics that they use, you know, their access to proprietary data is much, you know, there's much more of it than we have. And they decided to go after this guy as, you know, somebody that they can slide into the lineup while Ekblad is recovering from his injury which is not going to be season ending. You know, it will be regular season ending though, as far as, as we are led to believe by Frank Saravelli. So Robert Haig is going to help uh, fill the lineup in the meantime. And at a sixth round pick, you know, it's, it's basically no cost. One thing I will say about Robert Haig, if we see him, we're in trouble. Like it, it's one of those pickups where if he actually gets minutes, there's a problem. Well, he's going to get minutes. I would imagine. You think he's so? gonna get in the regular in the regular season? Yeah, in the regular gonna, season, have, yeah, he's gonna get. I don't minutes. think he's one of our six best defensemen, even with Ekblad out. Yeah, I don't but either, but I, but I still think he's getting well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see like Uyghur Uyghur Forsling, Sharat Montour, and what Carlson Gudis? I mean, I, I think they're this, gonna. I think, in there? I think they're gonna you know mix and match to see what they have because you know the maybe, only the only one of those six defenseman that's even viably removable is lucas carlson and even that i disagree with but he has kind of been in and out of the lineup over the past couple of weeks i'm just saying you know with when with yet with 20-ish games left in the season and the panthers kind of building a comfortable lead on the division now is the time to be experimenting to see what you have okay. maybe you maybe you know maybe robert hague robert hague and and you know, Gunas are an amazing shutdown pairing that nobody knew existed. Kind of, kind of like, I mean, look, 
not not to you know not to break tradition of, of shitting on Erica Branson, but did anyone see Erica Branson having a bounce back season in Calgary this year? No, no. But they found a mix that works, and they've turned an absolutely disastrous asset into a viable bottom pairing defenseman. You know, you could have used Sam Bennett. Okay, Sam Bennett, <laughs> Brendan <Moss, laughs> Where absolute garbage can, you know, give you a little bit of a glimmer of hope or something. Like now is the time to be experimenting. And I want to talk more about that before we wrap this pod. My my one question to finish up on Robert Haig is do we think he slots in ahead of or behind Pateri Lindbaum? I would, I would guess ahead of at this point. I would like, guess I, ahead. I've not been a I've not been impressed with Pateri Lindbaum. Me he neither. makes some great open ice hits, but He's been very slow on the play. He's also very finished. poor anticipation. That means a lot to this organization. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. He was better in his last game he played. Yes, he was. Or his last couple of games. But, like, his first few games, he was just completely behind the play. I'm I, I'm hoping your Robert Hay can be better, can be better than what Patera did. Okay, so he gave up a sixth-round pick for a 7-8 defenseman depending on when Aaron Eckblad comes that's, back. That's the, those are the trades you'd need to be making because, you know, let's say there's a rash of injuries round one of the playoffs. Do you want Matt Kirsten in the lineup? Well, that goes back to what I said originally. If we, if we really see him, it means that there's a problem. That's yes, what I really meant by that. Yeah, and I think TJ will agree with that. And TJ, I know I definitely do. But like the regular season, we're going to see him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, something fun to point out about Robert Haig legitimately is that uh, he has the best goals against per 60 on the penalty kill of any Sabres defenseman. And it's pretty sizable. Yeah. Interesting. So he might be a useful penalty killer for the Panthers. That's interesting. Okay. And you definitely know that they uh, have had their issues there. So it might be nice to get him in there. Now uh, I will say why. that Mark Pesic is ahead in terms of expected goals against, but Haig <laughs> is still second there. So. He's been pretty useful on the penalty. Okay, kill. so he's a good penalty killer. So I take back everything. I'm glad we <laughs> traded for him, and I hope we see him. Yeah, and you'll never know what getting out of a black hole like Buffalo will do to a player. Cough Sam Reinhardt, cough Brandon Montour. Yeah, I was going to say, we actually have two very good examples of that. <laughs> yeah. He was in Philly before where he also stunk, but I mean, same thing with Philly. True. As Claude Giroux is a Florida Panther, he went from like just dragging trash players – to he's now on a line with Barkov and, and Carter Verhage. How do you beat the Florida Panthers forward group now? Like, are, are the Panthers going to go undefeated for the last 20 games of the season? No. I feel like we might. I feel like we might. I'm going to say no. You hope the Panthers just hit every single post, every single game, and that's how you beat them in a, four, in a seven game series because Jesus Christ, this forward group is ridiculous. I'm, I'm hoping right. that so we hit lots of posts in the regular season, get it out of our system. True. Uh, let's let's just run down what the Panthers forward lineup looks like because I already ran down the defense a little bit and talking about where Hag fits in. So we would anticipate when everyone's healthy, the lines to look like Giroux, Barkov, Verhage, which already best first. Like there is not a better line. Period. Second line is Huberto, Bennett, Duclair, the famous nine one one line that lit up the world last year, and has been very good this year. Not as good, but very good. Third line is. Marchment, Lundell, Reinhardt. And I have to step in. Nuts. I have to step in. You said that Giroux, Barkov, Verhage will be the best line in the league. Not so fast. 
<laughs> we have the best line in the league already. That's true. Marchment, Lundell, and Reinhardt have been absolutely dominant. You, you ever notice how Mason Marchment kind of stopped scoring once Anton Lundell went down? Yeah, sad to see. But no, that just goes to show how well those two work together. Yeah. Uh, so like L- Marchment, Lundell, Reinhardt is, I mean, that's a second line. That's just playing in, on the third line. And then Lomberg, insert fourth line center here, and Hornquist. Like, even that, Lomberg has been incredible for, like, well, I, okay, maybe not incredible. He's put together two very strong seasons with the Panthers. Hornquist, in limited usage, has been good enough. And then Etu, Achari, Joe Thornton, like, as your fourth line center, how do you, how do you beat that forward group? Shout out to goal scoring phenom Joe Thornton. <laughs> I mean, he has five goals on the season. It feels like he's played like what twelve games. Yeah, not, we got to get him to forty-one. Play him every I'm game very, for the rest of the I'm year. I'm very curious now to see what Joe Thornton's goals for per sixty minutes is, because I bet it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Look at the power play one because he's got three power play goals. That's pretty yeah, remarkable. No. Either way, this forward group is by far the best in the NHL. I know, TJ, you retweeted someone who was saying that Tampa's forward group is amazing because they did a lot in the deadline. They basically completely We should talk remade, about that, by the way. But go They ahead. completely remade their third line. Let's talk about it right now. Okay. Um, they brought in Brent Hagel from, from Chicago, and that cost Brandon them Hagel, a lot. Brandon Hagel, by the way. Brandon Hagel, that cost them a lot. Or here, you, you tell they him. They call him Bagel. Uh, yeah, so they gave uh, up. Quick two... interjection: All situations, Joe Thornton has the eighth highest goals per sixty on the Panthers. Very nice. So you know what? You need that guy in your lineup. Anyway, uh, Brandon Hagel went from the Blackhawks to the Lightning for two first-round picks in the next year's draft and the draft after that. Much like the Panthers, they traded their twenty-three and twenty-four first-round picks, uh, along with two uh, forwards that are twenty-three and twenty-four: Taylor Radish and. Boris Kachuk, and in return they get Hagel, obviously, and two fourth round picks in those pick in those drafts. So Hagel's a guy that's really popped off this year. He's got I think 18 goals, something like that, and he's signed for the next two seasons after this to 1.5 million dollars average annual value. So they're getting a guy that can contribute on their third line for three years. And we we kind of talked about how this is how Tampa Bay has maneuvered at the trade deadline. You know, obviously everybody talks about Colton and Goodrow who they got at the 2020 deadline. They signed, they were signed for another season. They won back-to-back cups with both those guys. So they got Hagel for the next three seasons and Hagel's, you know, that that's a scary player to have to go up against on the third line because he's putting up a, you know, 30 goal campaign right now on a bad team on the Blackhawks and strong underlying numbers. Now, not, not great defensively, but you don't necessarily need him to be. You, you probably feel okay about what you're putting around. Now, on the other hand, Nick Paul, who, Admittedly, they only gave away Matthew Joseph in a fourth round pick. So the return was definitely not as strong. But Nick Paul is an NHL forward. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's he's, what an I would say. N- he's an NHL power forward. He's a guy. He's fine. Yeah. I, but, I and- never understood the clamor for Nick Paul at the deadline. People were talking about, will Ottawa sign him? Will Ottawa trade him? Have you considered that no one cares? Because we're talking about Nick Paul. I mean, you say this and he's going to pop off in the playoffs. So. He's not going to pop off in the playoffs. He's not making it past the second round. Either way, either way, Tampa completely remakes their third line, and I completely disagree. To with try whoever. and match up with ours, it's not yeah. going to work. But they're trying. 
Yeah, that is not a very good second line. Whoever tweeted that, that TJ retweeted. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers still have the deepest forward group. But yeah, Tampa, I thought, had a good deadline. They spent a lot, but you know, that's the type of move they want to make. They want guys with term that they're going to spend their assets on. And I agree with that mindset, unless you're getting a guy like Claude Giroux, who is widely reported to be, or widely considered to be, the best rental that's been available in quite some time. So I agree with that decision, but um, the Panthers, I think still match up really well with Tampa and we all know, and then the a second on series seems inevitable with Tampa and it's going to come down to Vasilevsky. Can he be a God for enough, enough games to steal the series? And that's not me trying to be cocky about the Panthers, but objectively the Panthers have been a better team this year. Well, we have seen Tampa crash and burn in the first round of the playoffs, so I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to talk shit about the back-to-back cup winners right now, but why I, before they won back-to-back cups, they got swept by Sergei Bobrovsky. They did. I'm, I'm just saying this, that team is still damn good, but I think the Panthers are objectively better. Yes. They're, yeah. It, a lot of it will come down to goaltending for sure, but what will be fun is the April 26th matchup in Sunrise between Florida and Tampa, which has potential to decide the division. But I, I think it's trending towards being a dead rubber. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers have, are up, what, six points at this point? Yeah, six, six points. points. Tampa Tampa's has one got a game. game. I think it's yes. today against the Hurricanes. It might be tomorrow against the Hurricanes. Yeah, but six points is a lot to make up in 20 games. Yeah, especially I mean, when – how many points is Florida going to drop? Yeah, especially, I mean – Look, they, they, they have, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They have a very soft schedule to finish the year. Mm-hmm. Basically, almost everyone they're playing is just sold. So the Panthers have three games left against Montreal. They also have two games left against Buffalo and two games left against Ottawa. Yeah. Like there, there, there could be some really crooked numbers to finish this season, but we might, we might get 10 finally. Yeah. Uh, I'll honestly really... beat us to 10. Can't believe it. I love that that game ended in like a true football score. That's just really funny. It is really funny. Um, I had something on this, but I forgot what it was. Let's laugh. Can we, can we, I know we laughed out of this space. Can we all laugh at the least for their goalie acquisition getting claimed by Arizona? (laughs) Shout out Harry Sateri, former Panther legend. Yeah, Panther legend Harry Sateri. I I thought that was a good sign. It's Hari. But I thought that was a good sign. I'm like, I saw that come across. I'm like, that's smart by the least. Yeah. He was solid for the Panthers. He had a really good Olympics. Like, that's a good low risk swing. And then he goes to Arizona. And then Arizona was like, we agree. That was a good low risk swing. Yeah. So Arizona traded Scott Wedgwood, by the way. I thought that was crazy. Scott Wedgwood went for a third round pick if they make the playoffs, which why would you give up a third round pick for Scott Wedgwood? Yeah. This market was insane. I missed that one. That's hilarious. I so will say, I, I do think trades. the Leafs did make one of the better trades today, though. Uh, acquiring Mark Giordano and uh, Blackwell. I don't think they gave up much. I don't remember what the return was off. Two the second round head, picks. Yeah, that's, and that's a, third, a pretty good and trade. Third. I would have much rather given up that for Mark Giordano uh, than Sherratt. Well, well like I said, though, Chirot. like all of this is we can we can play fantasy GM all we want. That's true. They were going to do right by Giordano. Giordano said, I want to go back home. I want to play for the Leafs. The Flyers were going to do right by Philly. I mean, they didn't have a choice because he had a no movement clause. He said, I want to, you know, take my talents to Fort Lauderdale Beach or, you know, Sawgrass Mills to be more accurate. But, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how I'm these taking my went. talents to the Everglades. <laughs> so, you know, 
maybe if they called That's Giordano true. up and said, hey, you can move your family down to the beach. Doesn't that sound great? He would have been willing to come here. We just don't know, though. What we do know is that he did want to go to Toronto. He was definitely enthusiastic about that. They go out and get Ben Sherratt. I mean, the acquisition cost was objectively less than Hampus Lindholm, and they had the cap space, and they didn't know at the time that they, Aaron Eckblad was going to go down. He was going to be on the LTIR. Uh, they were able to keep open the cap space to get Drew at a cut price because of his leverage over them and the no-movement clause and such. There you go. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what – other than the Panthers, what teams did you guys like the deadline moves? If you want, I can go first. There was one move in particular. I, I still have to like take in every team's all of their moves. Uh, but Vancouver going out and grabbing Travis Dermott, I think, was a really smart move. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's sad seeing Montreal and Vancouver making smart decisions. Montreal, sure. But I, I don't mind Vancouver. The fan base is obnoxious. Every fan base is obnoxious when yeah, they're good. There's a lot. They're loud, obnoxious. I mean, just okay. going back. To- Alex, let me ask you a question. The Panthers are going to win the Atlantic Division this year with a very good team. How loud are you going to be during the playoffs? Be fucking loud. Yeah. Every single fan base has loud, obnoxious fans. We are some of the loudest, most obnoxious Panthers fans. Fair, Fair enough. Fair enough. So okay. I don't begrudge any team for their fan base. And back I love on- Brock Besser. Back, back on topic, and this one pains me to say, you know whose deadline I really liked? New York. Got to have to be more specific. The Rangers. The Islanders' <laughs> deadline was horrible. Yeah, the Islanders, yeah. That, that was the joke. <laughs> resigning bad players. Yeah, there, there's there's always a good idea. But Just you know, Lou Lamorello things. Yeah. I really like what the Rangers did. Did they make any impact moves? No, but they shouldn't have been. They have – like, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to go as, as far as Igor Shesterkin carries them. And there Which were could rumors. be very far, by right. the way. It could be, yeah. Right. It could be very far. But there were rumors that like Drury was because they had all of this cap space. Like they had like 30 million in cap space. They could have, you know, they could have gone into the playoffs with a cap in the 100 million, you know, 110 million with how much cap space they had. Um, but there were rumors that Drury was going to go like all in and spending first round picks and prospects and whatnot, you know, Patrick Kane and all these other huge moves. And I was like, what are you doing? There's no fixing the fact that that's a bad five on five team. Like you were not going to buy your way out of that this year. And instead of doing that, he made a whole bunch of low risk acquisitions, you know, Tyler Mott, Frank Vetrano, all of these guys that cost, you know, middle round picks or they have, they already had a ton of. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Hey, if all of those picks help you get out of the first round and, you know, into the second round, you won. You had a, you know, you got way further than you should have gotten. Now, if it doesn't work, you spent a bunch of mid-round picks where you'll be lucky if one of them ends up in the NHL. So it really cost you nothing. Like, I thought that was a really smart deadline from a GM that was off to a pretty rocky start since he took over. Andrew Kopp, also the the headline acquisition for them, which did cost a second-round pick, which is conditional and might become a first, but they would have to they would have to reach the conference finals for that to happen. It's turn, Which right? is possible. Eh, I, I don't like their chances. I will never doubt Igor, though. Okay, that's fair. Thing. That's fine. I'll pivot to another team now, unless you have other things to say about the Rangers. That's a cop does not have term, but again, the, the, the most they spent was a second round pick that upgrades to a first if they make the conference finals, which I'm sure they're fine with giving up if they make the conference finals. True. 
team that I liked the deadline of was Colorado. I think they needed a right-handed defenseman. They got Josh Manson. Now Manson hasn't been great in past years, but you know, that's a solid bet for them to send a second round pick in a prospect that probably wasn't going to be able to crack their lineup. And uh, I really like Arturi Lekkanen coming in. They only spend a second round pick. They get his salary retained for this year and he's an RFA so they can get him at cost control for next year or just trade him. You know, if they can't come to reasonable terms, he'll get another good return if they have to trade him at the draft. I, I think he's a guy that's going to help them defensively. He's going to slide in next to Valerie Nachushkin on the evolving wild all-star team, which is <laughs> increasingly becoming what Colorado is. They didn't need to go out and, and get a Giroux. They didn't need to, I mean, they tried to, but they didn't need to. The The Western Conference for them, it's really just a matter of like, are they going to implode or are they going to stay healthy? Like if, if neither of those things happens, like if they don't implode and they don't have a massive injury crisis, they should come out of the Western Conference, or at least they should get to the third round because uh, I don't really like the chances of anybody in the Central against them. The Flames, I think, are a legitimate contender. Everybody else in the West, I think, is a pretender. So I like what Colorado did. Okay, well then let, let, let's move on. I talked about experimenting earlier, and here's an experiment I want to see now that Aaron Ekblad is injured. And I know there's someone on Twitter who actually has already said this idea, but I promise you, you did not have it before me. I was just waiting until the podcast to reveal it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Go for and it. And I want to see the five man. I want to see a five forward power play. You need, you need to find a way to get Claude Giroux into the, into PP one. And there's really no one you want to take no forward. You want to take off of it right now, considering it's clicking. Aaron Eckblad's out. You don't have a, a I mean, Brandon Montour is eh as a power play QB. McKenzie In general, Weger. also. Mackenzie Weaker is eh as a power play QB, as good as he is at five on five putting up points. Like he just hasn't shown to be a good power play quarterback. Why can't Sasha Barkov be your power play quarterback? Why not? You can put Drew in in the in his OV spot. Huberto flips to the to Barkov's old spot, which is where he played last year prior to Ekblad getting hurt. I'm not seeing how that's a problem. I think that would be a damn good lineup. And then, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Reinhardt and Verha- and um, Bennett stay in their, in their current spots. Uh, Duclair that's, now, not Bennett. Duclair. Okay, Duclair, excuse me. That's a really good power play. And you're really not going to lose much defensively with Barkov and at, you, over Ekblad. It, you could argue that you would gain, in fact. <laughs> you could. Yeah. And... You have 20 games in the regular season where it really doesn't matter. Like if it does, like I know the, the concern is, well, what kind of chances are you going to give up against? Well, now's the time to find out. Right. Who cares if you give up a couple of shorthanded goals, working out the kinks of a five forward power play? You're you're gonna. Also, are you really doubting the proficiency of reigning Selkie winner Alexander Barkov on the point? No, I'm not. I, but I mean, not again, you, th- you, royal you. This was something the Panthers tried under Bob Bugner, gave up a shorthanded goal, and then immediately, you know, ran away from like it was the bubonic plague. So I want to see it come back. <laughs> the bubonic plague. I want to say that was intentional, but it wasn't. Uh, God, I hated Bob Bugner. Well, I do want to point out that we did see five forward power play when Yandel was scratched in the playoffs. Because okay. so, yeah, Eckline like- obviously wasn't there. Go ahead. Now is the time to bring it back. You've got the opportunity. You have 20 games to test it out. 
You have the best forward group in the NHL. Why would you not have five forwards on your power play? That's true. Before we talk about this a little bit more, do all of you see like Washington as a first round matchup as something that's like legitimately quite desirable? Or are you like Washington, yeah, Boston, probably. whoever? Because I, I think, yeah, I, I want to play I, Washington. I've, heard, I've barely heard anything about Washington this year, other than like every time Ovi scores a goal. Um, they made a couple of forward moves: Marcus Johansson for a fourth, and yeah, they Johan traded for a third. Like, that was stupid. I mean, Daniel Sprong has has never like he keeps getting traded. You know, that might just be like a Jared McCann situation where he's a good player, and for some reason nobody recognizes it. But you know, this is his fourth team now, and he he hasn't really solidified a lineup spot on any of his previous teams. I, I just think in, in the past three seasons, they've gone out in the first round every season. Uh, last season, out in five. Season before, out in five. Season before that, out in seven. So, you know, since they won their cup, this has really become, you know, maybe in previous years, it wasn't so much this, but now it's really the OV legacy tour. Like they want to get him yeah. the goals record and as many other records as they can. They don't care about winning the cup nearly as much as they used to. Right. Especially since they have a ring now for Ovi, like yeah, they're 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 trying they're trying to improve the team, but like they don't really have the assets anymore to make big moves. And you're right, the, their their number one priority is getting Ovi the goals record. I I kind of agree with you. If if we if you wanted to say who's the of the reason reasonable targets for who's going to be the first round matchup, Boston or Washington? I mean, maybe the Rangers fall off a bit. Well, well here, here's the, the question though, like. The way things are, are are going, if you finish first in the East, you're going to be playing Washington. And if you finish behind the Hurricanes, you'll be playing Boston. Like, I think Washington is a much more desirable matchup than Boston. I agree. That's what I was getting okay. to. Is I, okay. I, yeah. I, yeah. I'm agreeing with you that Washington, because, you know, Boston, they, they, they've got some goaltending issues. They they did just add the deadline. They just picked up uh, Hanfus Lindholm who should help a lot. I don't know about that contract they signed him to. Yeah. Eight-year I mean, deal, the six term, and a half million. The term million. is rough, but the, the money's not that bad. Yeah, it's manageable. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be some lean years. Bergeron might retire. Like, you know, has, haven't all the indications been that he's going to retire in the offseason? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it, considering true, there's been true. I mean, he's been outstanding this year. Yeah, he has actually been extremely good, for especially for his age. The perfect line just refuses to regress and it's pissing me off. Like how... the perfect line doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Pasternak's I mean, Pasternak's not even on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They got Craig Smith on the first line, but it hasn't missed a beat. You know, that's how good it is. Either way, Marshawn and Bergeron have not like, they have not regressed in their games at all. And it's extremely all. frustrating. I think the Panthers match up extremely well against both of those teams. I think they would win a series against both of those teams but I do agree that I'd Washington's... be a little more frightened of Boston. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's what I was getting into Boston. Like because they've got Bergeron and they, cause they got Marshawn who still like, they still seem to give a shit while like, you know, like you said about the capitals, it's more about the OV tour. I think you're going to have a, a better first round uh, experience with the uh, capitals. Okay. So then you probably do have kind of a tight race against the hurricane. They're only two points back, but we talked about the lightning is the next closest team. And there's six points back. And, you know, you definitely don't want the Canes catching up to you if you want to play the Capitals. And right now, the Panthers, according to Dom Lucian's model, and everybody cringes because, you know, Hubert Owen Hart stuff now, but Panthers have an 83% chance of winning the Atlantic Division in the regular season. So you feel pretty good about that. But if playing yes. Washington is something that you really want to secure, then 
the season becomes a little bit more intriguing. Like the results become a little bit more important. But still, yeah, like winning game one we of still, the playoffs. We still is have important. yet to see sixty minutes without Aaron Ekblad this year. That's we, true. I know we got most yeah. of the Anaheim game without him, and Spencer Knight got a shutout. So, like, I, I guess it still works without Ekblad. Uh, but that was also the Ducks. So mm-hmm. we still have yet to see a full game without Aaron Ekblad. But then again, we still have yet to see a full game with Claude Giroux. So that might yeah. even out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Panthers' defense is definitely going to take a hit without Aaron Ekblad. There's no right, doubt about it. We're going to score like 40 extra goals per game. Yeah, you might. I mean, you might see the the the, compl- the accusation about the Panthers. Hey, you guys know how you win hockey games? I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. Uh, it's by outscoring your opponents. I- Amazing. This is the kind <laughs> of insight you get on me. the show. It's the kind of insight you get on the show. But it, but it, I mean, I know I've harped on this before. It is incredible that people keep knocking the Panthers. It's like, well, can they prevent goals? It's like, well, they do it at a pretty average. Who cares? League. They score better than you. Well, they, but the thing like, is, they don't, they're not bad at it. They do it at a league average level, which is right. fine because their offense is historically good. Yep. That's like, like I said before the deadline. I said, if the Panthers are really in on Claude Giroux, then the strategy is clearly, I dare you to try to score seven goals against me. Yeah. Cause we're going to score because six. Because that's what you'll need. Like the Panthers just, they average, you know, 4.04 goals per game, which is by far the highest in the NHL. And they just added offense without subtracting defense from their forward group. Mm-hmm. Now, again, Aaron Ekblad being out. Yeah, Ekblad's a big part of the like generation. The, yeah. RIP Ekblad <laughs> right. for Norris. Right. Their, their, def- their team defense is going to take a hit without Aaron Ekblad for all you Panther fans who think Aaron Ekblad is bad defensively. Like their team defense is going to take a hit now that Ekblad is out for the rest of the regular season. But yeah, this team is a wagon. Like Bill Zito should show up. It to every game for the rest of the season in a covered wagon. There you go. And I think that's pretty much everything that we got to talk about today relative to the Panthers, relative to the trade deadline. Any parting notes, guys? Absolute fucking wagon. Rate us five a, stars on wait, wagon. I have a parting note. Dot com. Oregon trail. I have a parting note. Who makes wagons? It's a G. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jacob's G string. Uh, it's on the E string, but it's a G note. Oh, okay. Well, you got me there. That's well, as we said, rate us five stars on the Oregon Trail because the Panthers are a fucking wagon. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Panther Free. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 